The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman. Dr. Bill is a TV host, New York Times bestselling author, two-time Guinness World Book record holder, fitness guru, celebrity cosmetic dentist, and philanthropist who founded the Leap Foundation. Here's Dr. Bill. Hey, Dr. Bill here. I'm super excited for this next guest. We've been friends forever and ever and ever, and it has been been such an honor and a privilege to watch Stella just come into her own. Um, and you'll see what I mean when we start talking. Why do we do these Meet the Mentors? Well, every year for the last 13 years, we put on an amazing program called LEAP at UCLA. LEAP is a nonprofit motivational leadership program for high school and college students where we basically teach kids 15 to 25 plus, the skills that they need Me. to be successful in life. And how do we do it? We do it by bringing in incredibly successful businessmen and women, actors and actresses, athletes, politicians, I mean, you name it. And they sit and they actually share their stories with the kids. And the thing that's really warmed my heart so much about LEAP is the tremendous support that we've received from the community. I mean, Stella's husband, Anthony Hopkins has come, Mark Wahlberg, Eva Longoria, um, Usher, uh, Seth Green, uh, Kathy Bates, Paula Abdul, Jonathan Bennett, Devin Druid, Michael Strahan, I could go on and on and on. And these people come and speak for free. We don't pay them because like me, they believe that our future is with our kids and they want to help these kids really succeed in life by sharing kind of the secrets to their success. And, and you know, none of us go through life unscathed. And sometimes learning what successful people have done to get through those rough patches in their life is really enlightening, you know, because I know a lot of kids sit there and, you know, they look out and they think the grass is always greener and, you know, these people don't have any problems. You know, we compare our deepest, darkest insides to everybody else's bright, sunny outsides. And one of the things that Stella is going to share with us today is a very emotional project that she just finished that really deals with, with mental health and mental well-being. So without further ado, I just want to mention Leap. 2021 will be in person, hopefully. If yes. not, it will be virtual again. Yes. It will be July 18th to the 24th at UCLA. Uh, and if we can do the program in person, we still will have a virtual aspect because the virtual program reached over a thousand students this year, which was phenomenal for us. So we're super excited. And one of the highlights of LEAP is the mentor workshop. And that's why we started doing this Meet the Mentor to bring in really great mentors that kind of, you know, grease the wheel so that kids will get excited about the program and, and realize the kinds of speakers that we're going to have. And, and hopefully we'll be able to get Stella to come in person if there's no coronavirus um, to leap this summer and talk about this. But let me read her bio and then I'll introduce you. Um, Stella Hopkins is founder 
and CEO of Margam Films, LLC. It's an independent film company based in Los Angeles. Stella has just completed her feature directorial debut with Elise, which she produced and co-wrote, and it will get theatrical and on-demand release December 4th. And we're gonna blow it out. And I want all of you guys put, to put it on your Instagram too, okay? And every other way that you use social media. Next, with Margam Films, Stella's developing a documentary based on somebody she knows kind of well, uh, her husband, Sir Anthony Hopkins. By the way, in our conversation today, it's always Tony. So <laughs> when we talk about Tony, just know that's actually Sir Anthony Hopkins. Stella, welcome to Meet the Mentor. Thank you. It's an honor to be with you. Uh, I know that Tony's been a part of it for some time. And uh, from the sidelines, I've been observing your work and it's beautiful. And it's an honor to be uh, with you this morning. Well, thanks. So I'm super excited. I want to start right at the beginning. You know, you didn't grow up in America. You came here and you had a really, really exciting and kind of novel career path. So let's start at the beginning with law school and kind of take them to where we are today. Well, I was born in Bogota, Colombia. And at age three, my mother, very intelligently planning her trip to America, put me in a bilingual preschool. And I remember coming home very upset that English was just too difficult and I was never going to get this. So we moved to America and uh, at, uh, I went to John Jay of criminal justice. I wanted to be a criminal attorney. I majored in uh, forensic science and criminal psychology. But by 1920, I got restless and thought, uh, do I really want to be a lawyer? Do I really want to do this? And I questioned it and a calling to come to California to pursue uh, my dream of being an actress. So and I think the interesting thing too, is that even in your pursuit of law, for you, the inner drive was, I get to act in a courtroom. And then at a certain point, you just had this, this epiphany. It's like, well, why just act in a courtroom? I really want to be an actress. Right. Well, I knew very, you know, in when I was in high school, being in the debate team, that I had the ability to really command my attention in a group and be outspoken and, and uh, get, you know, I enjoyed that attention. And I, so I, I figured I'd take this to the courtroom. Uh, and then I thought, well, maybe the big screen is better. So I come to California and I realize it wasn't quite so easy, but I did go to all the training and I started getting little bit parts, one-liners. And I thought, oh, this is, this is not the plan. I, and also there is a reality that you pursue an acting career, but how do you pay the rent? There is uh, a dream and then there's the reality of survival. So I couldn't do what a lot of the starlets do, which is um, be a waitress. I lasted 30 minutes. I thought, oh God, I'm awful at this. I can't. So I went on to get a real job at the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Teachy Wilkerson Miles at the time hired me. And that was lovely. I, I I felt like at least I was around the media of uh, you know filmmakers, but 
it's still the dream was there. It was dormant. It was, it, but it was always the, the flame was always flickering somewhere inside my soul. But, you know, I think the thing that's so cool, though, is you never gave up on this dream. And I know you are a very, very tenacious person. So what you did, though, was you position yourself very strategically. So all the experience that you were getting and all these different things really helped to come help this dream come to fruition by hook and by crook a little <laughs> bit, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I think something about pursuing your dream is that um, the universe has a way of conspiring in our favor. I believe in that uh, sort of magical thinking. So because I believe in the magical thinking, I figured just continue to to do small, you know, films. I, I was staying in the desert with some artists and we made a lot of artist films and just fun films that, you know, back then, not like today we have our phones, but back then it was the eight millimeter. And so I was just making some fun films and, uh, you know, student films with my friend from USC and who, by the way, is Elise in the film, Lisa Pepper. She's my best friend for years and years and she used me in a lot of her films. So I always, the camera, I was enamored with the camera. Let's just, you know, be smile and, and play and have fun. And because of that, I think the universe kept saying, okay, let's position you. So whether it's because of, of my relationships um, in life or because of the work that I was doing, my profession or my personal life placed me in the environment that could, you know, give my dream um, room to grow, to blossom, some kind of like little droplets of water. But at what point did you actually say, okay, not law, not acting, not directing, like this is my real calling. When did you first realize that, Stella? So I, I've always known it in deep in my soul. And when I got married to, you know, with Tony and I started, he, you know, he's a great writer. So he wrote a beautiful script called Slipstream. And I immediately said, we have to do this. You know, we have to make this film. So I took it upon myself to produce it and uh, we made it happen. I was one of the, you know, co-stars and that gave me a tremendous, this was like, I believe like two, three years into my marriage. So maybe I believe it was in 2005 or six that we made the film and it gave me a real, you know, sort of like fulfillment of like, ah, oh, I produced this. I'm in a film uh, working with, you know, my husband, I was like, unbelievable, but so, you know, and, and, and I thought there's, after I completed the project, um, and Lisa was the star of that as well, uh, I thought, oh, I love this. But, you know, life has a way to, you know, the way, you know, we all have destiny, or is it written? Tony's career uh, took him, you know, we traveled a great deal, and I had to, you know, new, newly married, I felt I had a responsibility to be the, the wife, to be, to be the wife, and, um, and so, and so I went with him and, um, but then again, I was around like Michael Bay and I was around right. but Richard Eyre, you know one of great directors. I know you and you are one of the most giving people I've ever met. 
And I know that your inner Stella was giving and giving and giving, and you were giving so much that Stella never really had a chance to give to Stella. And at a certain point, you said, you know what? I've done all this for my husband, for my friends, for my family, for my career. It's time for me to really focus. And I think that that was a real turning point for you. It and was. you picked, and you picked something that was so near and dear to your heart. Maybe you can give us an idea of where the inspiration for this movie came from, because uh, you know people don't know you know how you grew up and, and what your background was. So I just want to start by saying that it's never too late to fulfill your dream. And about. Three years ago, I woke up and I said to Tony, I said, I have to share something with you. I need to make this film. I want to write. I want to produce. I want to direct a film. And uh, I started writing the film inspired by not that the story is my story, but because I, I've, I'm very... Um, sensitive to the subject of mental illness. I wanted to create something that would be uh, portraying what happens to family members uh, that are living with someone or them themselves are experiencing mental illness. I was raised in a home with an undiagnosed schizophrenic and um, I know the devastation that mental illness creates around them. Uh, to the to the children, the spouse, it, it's it's just uh, it's crippling the pain that they cause and self destruction and destroy the family. So with that, I created this. Not that Elise is based on my story, but it's about a woman who's afflicted with mental illness and the, how she her whole life disintegrates and falls apart, and how it affects her mother, her husband. And, uh, and it's a tragic story that I'm not going to give away because I want you guys to see it. Right, um, right. But it, uh, the damage is, is severe. And, and it's a silent illness that oftentimes goes, you know, undiagnosed or properly diagnosed. And people, you know, wonder why there are so many homeless and drug addicts because we just don't have a handle on what mental illness really is. So, so let's kind of go through the steps because the one thing that really differentiates, you know, our Meet the Mentor podcast from others is I like to give students kind of a cookbook recipe. You know, I mean, first, you know, you, you, you had schooling, you had background, you had education, that's paramount to success. You know, then you had a concept, which you believed in a dream. That's also paramount to success. At that point, I know you hired two sets of writers. Neither of them actually really were able to capture the essence of what you wanted. But you, the first step was actually to write the, the screenplay. Once you got that done, maybe you can take us through the next steps as to, you know, what happens. Well, you know, sitting at that uh, laptop and writing out the scenes and creating the script. And once I felt that it was tight enough to really feel like, okay, I can share this with, you know, others, the, my, my actors, 
I real I I kind of had I you know I visually I saw the film as a director I think you need to really see every I saw every single detail of the lighting the music the wardrobe the hairstyles so the sets and the first person that I I felt well without even without even requesting uh, Dante Spinotti, the cinematographer, when he heard that I was writing a script, he said, I'd like to read it. And the minute he read it, he says, I, you know, I'm in. So I, I was honored because Dante Spinotti is one of, you know, our great, great cinematographers. So, and he saw it, he said, I love how you're using black and white and color as your palette to tell the story. I also like the, you know, the, I, I use tremendous white light to kind of wash things out. So like, it all becomes like a, a, a fantasy, a dream. It, it, it blurs, you know, when your mind is, is it, I figured Elisa's mind needed to be blurred out. So I used white to saturate her thoughts. Um, then I also, I, I love music and I felt, and Tony's a composer. He's everything, this guy. <laughs> and so, so he's a composer. And I said to him, I said, you know, there's that deep sadness that but in very small part of Elise the character there is she has a little bit of peace and it's like her internal music her internal uh sort of uh oasis that I want you to create a piece of music that it has like a lullaby where she kind of she can be humming it to herself or she hears it internally and that gives her a little bit of peace um and when I gave him you know, the, the information and he read the script and he composed this beautiful um, score. It just made everything so real because in come fact- to, Come together. Yeah, yeah, on the set, we were playing the music and, you know, it just added that layer while the actors were working to have that music being played was just that thread that brought it all together. So you, you now you have the script you have this vision of what it's going to look like. You have Tony composing the music. So all the pieces are going together. Now, what's next? Casting, locations? Well, you have to have a budget, right? You need the person. I got an executive producer that said, okay, this is a script that we need X amount of days. She broke it down by days. And I think she came up at like 21 and, and the numbers I said, I can't shoot in 21 days. I've got to do this in 13. And everybody said, it's impossible. You're never going to make it. And I said, yes, I can. So it was, you know, knowing the speed in which I could do things. Um, and I ended up coming in at 15 days. Wow. But, so the budget, the budget was, you know, absolutely instrumental to get a really good executive producer, line producer that understands, you know, the financial structure of a film so that uh, you break it down by days, locations, et cetera, et cetera. So once I had that in place, and I had my numbers in place. Then I went out to get my, lo my locations and established locations that were not crazy expensive. And again, the locations were very important because I needed, they were telling my story. They were, they're the canvas. I needed the house to look clinical. So a very sterile white house so that the story could, you know, she would design a house like this, very no soul, no spirit. Um, 
And so I had a very specific idea of the house. I mean, crazy specific. No, I, and I, that's one of the things I love about you. You are so definitive. There are people in this world that we run into that are so wishy-washy. It's like, make up your mind, mate. But like, I know you still, it's like, boom, boom, boom. So I love you had this vision, you had the music, you had the actors. Of course, you had one of the greatest actors of all time, your husband. You put together this film, you shoot the film in a record 15 days that nobody thought you could do because of course you're Stella Hopkins and you do things people never think you could do. Now you have this film. Now distribution is a whole oh, thing. Boy. And yeah. you really lucked out. Maybe you could tell that story because I think that's phenomenal. Well, the uh, submitting to the festivals. So ideally when you make a film, you need to be uh, in a festival to get some kind of reviews. And really nowadays, it's not like it used to be where festivals were welcoming, embracing of young talent, indie filmmakers. Now it's a business. So they want to sell tickets. They want names. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't uh, a big director. It wasn't a big budget film. So it didn't get picked up by any of the uh, film festivals, it did get, I was invited to Deauville, but it was too far and the wrong timing. So I didn't go. In hindsight, I should have gone because it was a, it's a prestigious festival. But uh, anyway, you make mistakes. Uh, and, you know, I just kept, everybody kept saying no, no, no. And I thought, I'm not going to give up. I'm just not going to give up. And one morning I woke up and I thought, I know someone out there is going to say yes to me. It is impossible that this beautiful film is not going to be seen. It's just impossible. And that very day I get a phone call that uh, Gravitas Ventures wanted to distribute the film. Oh. And so awesome. we are. It's and so it's December 4th, which is right around the corner. It is December 4th. So it's yeah. so exciting. You know, one of the things at Leap that we really try to encourage the kids to do is to find great mentors in their life. You had a very great mentor in Sweden, and maybe you can talk a little bit about that relationship and that how that helped form your career. Well, um, it's an interesting part of my life because I met uh, Gunnar Hellstrom when I was 24 years of age, and he was a, a film director uh, and actor in Scandinavia. Uh, he was living partially in Sweden and partially here in the U.S. He was at the time directing uh, a lot of television, Dallas, many other television shows. So we spent a lot of time in Sweden and he was working a lot in Sweden as a, as a director. And I really, uh, I was like a personal assistant, let's say. And um, I got to be around him with some of the greatest, uh, Lee Waldman. I, I obviously living in Sweden, I got influenced by Bergman. And my film has, uh, Elise has, a lot of, it feels very European, by the way, to me, the film, um, because in my DNA, I have a lot of European, my mother's descent, you know, European descent, and I spent a lot of time in Europe. And so Bergman definitely is, 
has influenced me and the Scandinavian filmmakers. And, and of course, this relationship that I was with for seven years of my life, living in Sweden and being around these, you know, great actors. Um, yeah, but you know, then present day with my, with my husband, oh my goodness. I mean, watching Tony work on camera, um, like when he did The Father, this film that has got this huge buzz, also releasing in December, uh, I believe it's December 18th, but watching him work, the nuances of the stillness, and it's like when he prepares for a film, the he understands the history behind the character, he'll do research on the subject matter, for the father, let's say it was dementia. And so he studied the subject and he, he emulated, you know, some of the, the qualities of someone that he knew that was suffering from, from Alzheimer's. So it's, uh, I, it, I feel it's such a gift to been able to, that's why I wasn't even like, yes, I gave up, you know, I was, being the wife traveling, you know, with my husband to location, but it was an education. I finally, the way that I told him, I said, I feel like the student has graduated. I am now ready to make a film. Amazing. Watching Richard Eyre, Michael Bay. Uh, I mean, it's just, these, these are phenomenal directors and some of the great talent that Tony's worked with and yeah. just being around Tony, it's just can't, doesn't, I don't know how it gets better than that. All right, so I have a really hard and tricky question for you. Okay. If I am a young potential filmmaker watching this and I don't have Tony Hopkins in my life, where should I start? What, give, me, give me like a, a little bit of a roadmap. Like what should I do to really prepare myself to do what you've done, Stella? Well, I think number one is really allow yourself to dream, to believe that you can, that magical thinking goes a long way. Huge. I, Huge. It just, you can't really uh, dismiss it as just like, oh, it's new age, blah, blah. It is real. The power of your dream, the power of your word, that's number one. Then um, nothing's impossible. You know, Tony, again, has a wonderful saying is, uh, act as if it is impossible to fail. So, you know, wake up thinking that you are the, you know, you're Spielberg or wake up thinking that you're Nicole Kidman or an Anthony Hopkins. Just wake up believing that you are, that you can, that you are doing it, not in the future, but that you are. And once you own that, I am a filmmaker. I am uh, empowered to make a beautiful film. And day by day, you know, just don't say the words, really take action to do it. Start the script. Is it, some days, literally, I'd sit at the computer for all day and think one line, is that all I can come up with is just one line? But that one line was something. And as long as you're doing, you're dedicating, you know, time to your passion and you're really uh, not just, a lot of dreams and, and, but you have to have action with the dream as well. It's like you dream and then you need to take the steps to actually uh, accomplish that dream. And they may seem like little small steps, taking a class, 
um, asking someone that you know that is in the industry, how can I come in and shadow you? How can I um, uh, work with an Anthony Hopkins? How can I go, you know, believe it or not, you hear these crazy stories about, uh, you know, writing a letter. Writing a letter, dear Mr. Spielberg, you know, I admire you. I'm a student. Could it be, is it possible that I can maybe work for you this summer? And, you know, the letter may never be answered, but it might be answered. You get the person at the right moment, they might just say, hey, why not give that kid a chance? Send a photo yeah. of yourself. Give them a little history of who you are, your, your likes, you know, that you have a dog, that you have a little brother, that you go for all the personal little tidbits that make you human, that make you real, that are going to open that door. You know what? I love that. And I, I, I'm going to add two really important things. One of the most valuable things that you said today to me and, and that I want to pass on to our students, I love that you worked at the Hollywood Reporter. And I'll tell you why. You're right. Not everybody has the luxury of being able to just pursue this dream and not make money. Like you need to eat, you know? <laughs> and this business is a very, very competitive, highly competitive, probably the most competitive business in the world. So I love the fact that you took the, the, the initiative to get a, what you call real job, just to feed yourself. You need to do that, you know? And I think that, you know, without losing the dream, that's a reality that you have to do. Um, the second thing is I will make a pledge to any student watching this, that if they have an amazing, amazing screenplay that they want Stella to read, if they give it to me and I actually think it's amazing, I will pass it on to Stella and uh, that you're not going to get in the day with millions of them, Stella, but if somebody really comes up with something absolutely phenomenal, I'll pass it on to you. You never know. Please. You might like it or Please. you may know somebody that wants it. You know, I will end with this. Your husband gave me one of my favorite quotes in life. I, one of the things I love about Tony is every time he comes into the office, we just talk and talk and talk. And he's one of the most approachable and personable people. And he said this to me probably 15 years ago. And I live by it and I love it. He said, Doc. When I grow up, all I want to be is a little boy. Oh, I love it. It's that, that, that hunger to, to learn all the time, like a little boy, you know? And I see that in Tony. I mean, he's over 80 years old now, and he still has that, that you know, that curiosity that you see in, in little kids. He's a TikTok kids. star, by the way. So I know. To be <laughs> well, come on. He paints. He's a musician. He's an actor. He's a philosopher. You're right. Like he does everything. <laughs> I love Stella. adding TikTok star to the repertoire because that's that's really good. When you could, you know, do the Tootsie Roll, the Drake, you're good. <laughs> you're really good. Stella, I can't thank you enough. I love you. I love Tony. You guys have been so amazing love. and so supportive. And I wish you all the best success. We're going to do everything we can to make sure that as many eyeballs see this beautiful piece when it comes out. And again, thank you so much. Well, 
Dr. Dorfman, I just want to say thank you. And I know that uh, when you uh, bring the script, I will even get him to do a small she's not, only, she's not only the director, she's the boss. She's my boss. She's the boss of me. <laughs> I know. I know. Tell me Actually, about it. she's the boss of all of us. <laughs> I, said, I just say yes to you. Good to see you. Thank you. Thank you, oh, Tony. In case you want him, he is available for a little cameo. That's my contribution to the right, to bring you the right script and we'll give him a cameo. You're beautiful. Thank you so much. Dr. Bill, over and out. To learn more about the Leap Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash leapfoundation or on Instagram at leapfoundation. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.